Hey everybody, this is Robert Party with Possibility in Action Coaching. And if you really want to level up your life, you should be listening to the Time to Shine Today podcast with my good friend, Scott Ferguson. Let's level up. Time to Shine Today podcast, Varsity Squad. This is Scott Ferguson. We're at episode 343 with Robert Party. And Robert is, uh, he's a New Yorker, uh, but he made his way over to Italy and he's living in a really sweet, quaint town um, and just still reaching the masses and helping them level up. Robert's got a quite the uh, kind of a bittersweet story, uh, lots of uh, serious tragedy in there, but he took the lessons that he's learned from his fantastic, beautiful late wife, Desiree, and uses those lessons to progress his life and helps his clients or people that aren't even his clients, anybody that runs into Robert leaves feeling so much better. And I just can't wait to dig into this episode and bring it to you. While you're listening, if you do like what you hear, please leave a five-star rating or hit the like button or any of that other jazz that really helps with our sponsors and affiliates. So without further ado, here's my really good friend, Robert Party from Possibility in Action. Let's level up. Time to shine today, podcast varsity squad. This is Scott Ferguson, and I'm super blessed to have uh, a New Yorker that is over in Italy right now, and he's in a really um, uh, no-name town, if you will, but there's uh, like Robert Pompeo and Madonna. Actually, the lineage of them is, is come from their, their town over there, which I'm going to have them say the name here in just a minute. Uh, but my good friend, Robert Party uh, from Possibility and Action, he's a rock star coach. Um, when we're done, or if you check the show notes, go to his website. His story that we're going to get into of uh, tragedy and then triumph is just uh, absolutely off the charts. And Robert, he's a three-time author, as well as a well-known, compelling international keynote speaker, a transformational coach, and an adjunct professor who completely changed his life after a significant life event. Um, his, uh, I'm going to put up his Amazon author page in our show notes as well, so uh, we'll do a book giveaway at the end um, if you if you stay on to listen. And Robert, thank you so much for coming on. Please introduce yourself to Time to Shine Today podcast for our squad. But first, what's your favorite color and why? Orange, buddy, orange. orange. Orange is a fun color, man. Oh, it's it's an excellent color. I, I love it. I love it. So, what's the name of that city? Because uh, you said it's not really even on the map. So, no, yeah. Well, it's it's not on social media maps, really. So, it's okay. a it's a village called Pacentro, and okay. it's a medieval village. My house is around five hundred and something years old. I have a wow. thousand year old castle in my backyard. Dude. There's nine hundred people. They still make their own pasta, wine, cheese, everything by hand. You have a WhatsApp. Yes, I do. I'm going to have to have you send me some pictures of that man afterwards sure. because that that's my kind of jam. I'm a history loser. You know what I'm saying? I, anything is history. I get I dig into and that that that's just amazing. So, let you have quite a story, but let maybe get before the events of 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 your late wife. Um sure. but let let's maybe kind of like where you were when you were younger. And squad if you're watching on Vimeo or YouTube, if Robert goes like this, it, it's he's real there you go. Uh, it, it means perfect. He's not telling me to shut up or hurry up or anything like that. He's <laughs> telling me it's perfect. So, Robert, let, let's get a little bit of the origins, if you don't mind, my friend. Sure. Um, the origins are so important to the whole transformation because as crazy as this is going to sound, I was blessed to have an abusive alcoholic father. So, um, you know, I'm a New York City kid. 
and Italian American family. My dad, unfortunately, had an issue with alcohol and with violence, but that taught me a lot of skills. I mean, I can look back on it now, but you know, I learned about uncertainty. I learned about um, resilience, grit. I learned about my voice. I stood up for myself finally when I was around the age of 13. That was the last time he ever raised a hand to me. And that was because he was a bully, right? Mm -hmm. So I learned about my own personal power and all of that then led me to pursue what in a kid's mind, or at least my mind would be my saving grace, which was money. Freedom was money. I'm a kid of, you know, Gordon Gecko and the movie too, Wall Street and all of that. Old, <laughs> so of course, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you chase money, right? Yeah. And so I just started at the age of 13. I started working before school, after school, crazy. But back then you could, you know, you could find a sure. job in a grocery store. How old or something are you, like Robert, that. if you don't mind me asking you that? I am 56. Okay. So we're, we're right around. I'm 50. So we're right there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, that taught me a lot, but it was fueled by anger. And anger can be a motivator, but it's not sustainable. And then I meet this amazing young woman, 17 years old. I'm 19 in, in college. And she's like, you know, I want to date you. And I'm like, no, I don't want to date anybody, <laughs> you know, because after what I saw in my family, yeah. I'm like, no, I just want to be alone. I want to make money. I don't want anyone in my life. And within a month, I told my mother I met the woman that I was going to marry. I mean, she just bowled me over. She was amazing, amazing. And she taught me about love. She taught me about opening up. She taught me about so many different things. And then at the peak of our everything, she was enrolled in an MD-PhD. I had just gotten an investment banking job at the Abu Dhabi Investment Authority in the United Arab Emirates. I mean, it was just dream package, dream everything. Yeah. She's diagnosed with late stage breast cancer right before her 31st birthday. And to tell you the truth, those life skills as a kid came right to surface, you know, resilience, grit, let's get through it. Let's manage this. And her story is very unusual, which is why it was on the front page of the New York times when she passed away, because, because she was doing the MD PhD, she said, Robert, I know enough of medicine to be dangerous to myself. So I want you to speak to the doctors. I just want to show up for my treatment and go home. I want to be a patient. That's true. And so I was the middle person um, during that phase. And then when her cancer, it just never went away in her liver. And it just started to get worse. I eventually wound up leaving my job because I thought, you know what? I don't need to care for her. She was self-sufficient, but because I was getting this information of, well, now it's in her bones. Now it's in her lung. Now it's, I was thinking to myself, okay, time-wise, I got to pay attention to this. And also I want this woman to achieve her dreams. And her dream was to take her diagnosis, her journey, and use it to become like this amazing doctor. And her big goal was, she said, you know what? I want to get into palliative care. And I don't know if you know en enough about palliative care, but yeah, eh, okay. So palliative bit. care is, is very misunderstood because people think palliative care is hospice. Right. Hospice is a part of palliative care at the end of the journey. Palliative care is a medical discipline 
to focus on quality of life, managing sure. symptoms during the arc of a disease. Okay. So she said, I want to do this. And I said, I'm right behind you, whatever you need. And she wound up becoming the founding director of palliative care at New York Hospital with metastatic breast cancer. And she built the program, then she passed away. So that's, you know, wow. I started the childhood in a very difficult, confused, uncertain dynamic, which is what cancer really is. Mm -hmm. So those skills I put to use. And one of the things my wife and I learned, which is the, the first book I wrote, was to live in joy. That cancer was not the definition of her life, her identity, my life, my identity, our life. Cancer was an accent color. It was contrast to present joy. And we lived this amazing life. She journeyed with cancer for 11 years. And I specifically use the word journey because for her, it was a journey. It wasn't a battle. It was part of life. She didn't want to go through the negativity of being in a battle. That was sure. her choice. And I support that. Wow. So after she passed away, I was still investment banking, had a tremendous amount of debt because an 11 year journey with cancer is not, sure. not cheap and not because of the medical system, um, but more you know, back then she was diagnosed in the late nineties. It was hard to find supplements, organic food, sure. acupuncture, you know, whatever you can think. Right. right? And right. so I went back to Dubai because that was the job I had left. And I was there and I'm like, you know what? This is not right anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't belong here, but I was so lost. And what I realized is I'm a big acronym guy as well. Like I love acronyms. Sure. My whole life is an acronym or my whole life is a metaphor of something. I don't know. Right, right. So I realized that for me, loss represented the lack of self. I lost my identity and security. The world didn't seem safe anymore. And so I was like, who am I? And I realized that I had to unpack all the expectations of what I thought my life was supposed to be. Sure. You know, and you start looking at that. I was supposed to have this beautiful blonde wife, maybe hopefully living in a penthouse in New York, me making money, her being a great doctor and, and doing all this stuff. And, you know, that wasn't, wasn't meant to be. And so as I started unpacking my expectations, I realized two really important skills. And I learned them as a child and I learned them from my grandmother, who was my father's mother. And okay. she was the one that guided me. Use your father as, as an example of what not to be. You don't want to be like him. You know, she was so great. And there were two, two skills. One was daydreaming. So as a child, I had to daydream what would be possible. That's where sure. possibility and action comes from. What would be possible? Right. And so there was the daydreaming. And then there was curiosity of, you know what? Just be, be open. Like the more curious we are, the more opportunities. It's the biggest power in the world. It's I amazing. coach that to my clients. Yeah. I, I mean, for, for me, those two things, I looked at them and I said, okay, if I'm daydreaming, I have to start with small steps. Sure. Because I can't fill a big hole of loss. 
tomorrow. Right. Now I got to start putting little nuggets in there. And I finally got to the point where as I, I, I joke, but I say all the time, you know, grief and the Psalm that says, as I walk through the shadow of the Valley of death, nowhere does it say in that Psalm, sit down, light a campfire and roast marshmallows. It says, Move. walk through, right? Action. Move. That's right. And action. There you go. So I'm like, okay. I got to the point where I asked myself, what would be the craziest dream I could live? What is the story I want to look back on, on my deathbed? And it was to attempt, and I use the word attempt specifically, because I think try today is a word that we use when sure. we know, you know, there's all these excuses why we can't do it. Yeah, Yoda said it back. It's a little more empowering. Try not. Yeah. Right. Got it. Right. Try not. Right. So I would attempt to live in Italy, attempt to make a life work. And like I asked myself, like, really, what if I can pull it off? I didn't ask myself about failure. I, I through the journey with my wife and understanding impermanence and, and precious time and all these other things, they're such great liberators. And I was blessed to, we were married for almost 20 years. Um, actually, her, her memorial service was on our 20th wedding anniversary, which was crazy. So she wanted a party anyway, so it was a different type of party. Yeah. Um, but she was celebrated. And I said, you know what? I have all of this, all these gifts. Let me just go live life. Yeah. And so has nothing to do with money, by the way. Anyone listening to this? Yeah, ex-investment banker. I was teaching English for $8 an hour. Awesome. There was no money. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. had to recreate my life from scratch. Sure. I showed up in Italy, didn't speak Italian, didn't have a place to live, didn't yeah. have a job, and didn't know anyone. Got it. I yeah. just said, you know what? I want to be that explorer. I want to go out there and journey and and. The word, we're not supposed to use the word anymore. We could use nomadic to a certain extent. But my grandmother mm. always used to say, live like a gypsy, yeah. but in the good way. Yeah. Go out and just taste it all, right? Yeah. And so here I am in Italy. And um, I started realizing that one of the things I missed about myself, not necessarily my wife. I, I miss her still every day. Sure. But what I missed about myself was helping her achieve her dreams. And I'm like, oh, that's a life coach. And I went to life coaching school in Italian to force myself to learn Italian. Yeah. And that's how I Dude, wound what, up making a whole life here. What a journey, man. That, that is, I think that you're built for coaching. You and I are brothers from different mothers, man. It's <laughs> like, uh, you know, I didn't lose a wife, but I lost a little brother to suicide. Uh, wow. But my dad was a Vietnam vet, alcoholic, bad, really okay. bad. Um, and me and him are best friends. Now he doesn't mind me talking about it, but that's uh, that's I can resonate so so much with this. So w when we moved into the coaching business, I mean, you got accredited, you learned it, you, you lived it for freaking twenty years or ten years, you know, um, helping your wife achieve her dreams. So when when you do you work one on one or with groups mostly, so that's a great question because my model has has really evolved. And it's one of the things I, I just, it's that whole curiosity thing, right? For, for sure. me, I, I like everything to sort of be fluid. So I started one-on-one -on -one and I okay. still do one-on-one. -on -one. Then I sort of moved into group coaching and group coaching was based more on themes. Sure. Like I'm a big essentialist. Okay. Uh, so I had a, a group coaching course on living an essential life. Mm. 
Resilience for me comes from my childhood and everything else. Sure. I have a belief that resilience comes from the, we are, we are all resilient. We wouldn't mm -hmm. be here if we weren't. But resilience exists at the intersection of three key domains, purpose, perspective, and personal power. Once you can control those and understand those, and control, I don't mean control as in control a machine, sure. but you can control your, your being within them and the understanding of them, mm -hmm. you can access your resilience without your back being against the wall. Love that, dude. Oh, and yeah. So that was another group coaching. Love it. It has now transitioned into possibility and action retreats in Italy. Love it. And so I'm, ha I'm hosting one in three weeks in Puglia. And so it's a little unusual because what we do is it's seven days and each day we'll visit a place, but the place represents almost a metaphor or it's a symbol for the life lesson. So we go visit Matera, for example. Yeah. Matera is where the Passion of the Christ was filmed. Sure. And it's all those cave homes. Yeah. So we get to talk about Plato's analogy of the cave, which is the Matrix movie, by the way. The Matrix yeah. just stole that. And, yeah. you know, also passion. What is passion? And all of that. So, or we'll Beautiful. go visit a castle where supposedly the Holy Grail was housed. Right. Okay. And we talk about what's your Holy Grail? Are you protecting it? Do you have boundaries? Wow. Now, those are all key. To living, yeah. to living your life. That's what I love about the coaching. It's what I love about what I watched my sure. wife achieve is writing our own story. Love it. That's what it's all about. It is. It, it is and 100%. So when you're working, say, whether it's a group or one-on-one, -on -one, Robert, it, is there any protocol or secret sauce for you don't mind sharing to, that initial conversation or maybe help them find their blind spot? You know, it's it really is individual. So the discovery calls that, that I re, I really sit down and I talk to people. People usually reach out to me when they feel there's something else out there. Mm -hmm. And so I ask them, what is the something else that you think is out there? So you're a major question asker. Then. I'm a major. That's your protocol. Okay. Oh, yeah. Major. Love it. And you probably listen very intently with your neck. You really lean in and hear that. Yeah. Because right? I believe that. You know, everybody knows what they want. They just don't know. They don't know the questions to ask to get to them. Well, you know, right? 100%. The whole yeah. thing is the better the questions, the, the, the better your growth, the better the response, the right. better all of that. And so I tr I'm not a big believer in motivators. Right. Because I can't really motivate you. I can right. stimulate you and yeah. you're going to be a little high for a while. And then you right. can just go back down to a baseline. What I want to do is I want to empower someone to realize that they have it in them. They yeah. just have to break down those walls. And like part of that whole thing, the conversation we had about expectations. Sure. I say all the time, expectations are the blocks with which you build your prison. If right. left unchecked, they become the warden of the prison. You start living because of an expectation that might not even be valid. So that's where all the questioning comes in. Love and if, if you think about life in general, right, it's like a sculptor. And I say sure. this all the time because I love sculpting. Sure. And, you know, Michael, uh, Michelangelo's quote of uh, Michelangelo, yeah, of uh, David, mm -hmm. he said David was in the marble. Right. Our life is marble, but first you have to chip away all the sure. excess. Right. 
Right. I love it. I love it. And that's done with my, you know, with my clients. I, I should have said it a different way. It's like, we all know what we want. We just don't know how to talk ourselves into it. We're always talking ourselves out of it. And that, a lot of it comes with the expectations. Uh, I love, love that. So with, when you're maybe in a discovery period or whatnot, or if this could be group or one-on-one, Robert, is there any good question that you wish they would ask you but never do? Oh, wow. That is, that is a great question. Um, hmm, wow. That, that, that actually stopped me in my tracks there for a second. So something that I wish they would ask me and they don't. Um, no, because I'd rather them ask themselves. Mm-hmm. So there are times, though, that I wish they would ask themselves questions like, sure. what's blocking me? Like I have to prompt yeah, it. You have to, yeah. So in that discovery session, they're very open to listening to questions, but they don't want to yet go into the the darkness, right? What's blocking yeah, me? Yeah, What's really? Yeah. I'm not a why guy. Just so, I never use why ever. It's judgmental. You it's know, judgmental. They're... It's an archaeological dig. We could stay there forever yeah. digging a hole of why did these things happen? Okay, let's oh, just go dude. back. It was your mother, your father, oh. or something like that. Let's get on and move towards action, oh, right? Yeah. The what's. What do you Love want? Yeah. How do you want to be? Those questions. Beautiful. So, um, But a lot of times people, I have to prompt for blockages. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, like they it, just it, don't want to go true. there at the beginning. And it's a, it's an art. Like you, you know, you brought up Michelangelo. You know, you brought up other things as a coach. It is an art. It's an art that I get off on, man. It's like I love to see because every person has their issue or problem. I'm saying that in quotes if you're not watching inside them, but the solution resides there too. And just getting them to see that and them lighten up and them coming up with their own solution on their, you know, they're going to take a lot more, like you say, action if they come up with it than if I consult them and tell right. them what to do. I love it so. Have you seen the movie Back to the Future? Uh, sure. If I okay. can remember it, it's a different story, right. but okay. No, let, let, let's get in that DeLorean with Marty McFly. All right. Let's okay. go back to the double deuce, the 22-year-old Robert in love. And may I ask your wife's name, please? Desiree. Right, so you had Desiree there together probably uh, three years by then because you met her when you were 19. But let, let's yeah. go back to the double deuce to 22 years old. It, is I don't want you to change. I'm sure you would change things, but I don't want you to change really anything because your journey is pretty spectacular. Okay. But is there any knowledge nuggets that you might drop on him to maybe help him shorten a learning curve or maybe blast through maybe just a little bit quicker? Sure. So first, um, I just, I want to circle back because you know what? I'd never change anything in my past. Okay. No problem. And Let's just, we'll leave it. No, there. no, no. It's, it's just because I, I'm happy with who I am, sure. so I know I have to thank everything right. from the past, right? right. All of it. Mm-hmm. But what would I say to, to, to Robert at 22? Um, I would tell him to go a little slower, to not try to figure everything out all the time. Uh, and that whole thing of figuring it out, I would tell him of the art of surrender. Yeah. Because I was not a surrender guy at 22 years old. I was trying to control everything where I could. You know, I was I was very focused. I, I'd work the like every single little second and, and keep yeah, everything man. organized and perfect. Um, so that's that's really I would also teach Robert about understanding his best, because that's something that I know now mm-hmm. is our best 
maybe 10% today might be 100% tomorrow. Our best is not always 100%. Um, that that's an expectation that we really can't live up to. And then we start to condemn ourselves, right? So it would have been to say, you know what, if your intention is to give what you got, that's it. Love it. That's your best. Love it. Love it. So how, how does Robert want his dash remembered? That little line in between your incarnation date. I love that. How do you I, want I love dash that dash. Me? I want that dash to be multicolored. <laughs> it better be blinking. Um, so what I want my dash to be is that I lived my philosophy. And that's it. P- possibility in action is, is, is me. It's how I approach life. And I that's what I, I want people that when, you know, they're at my funeral, yeah. he really lived it. That's awesome. That, that, that's awesome. You remind me of so many Stoics because I've dug into you know, oh, the Stoics. Stoics. So the one that pops, two of them pop into my head with you, Seneca and Epictetus. Like you okay. two, like, uh, like I hang out with those two every day. You know what I'm saying? I dig in to both of those. I love Marcus Aurelius, but it's just too, yeah, to me, it's just like too bad. Like Seneca just, man, hit you in the mouth. So this, Oh, yeah. This Because he was like us. We're, he was a businessman. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Share what's better. You know, yeah. uh, I, I love it. I love it. So, Robert, what is your definition of a life well lived? It's 100 percent. Living in harmony with your uniqueness. Yeah, and that. and he, here's a thing that I can't I don't I came up with this word, but I'm sure somebody else has. And I call it self-uality. And the reason I use that word is because the idea of coming out is based for sexuality, but we all need to come out to our uniqueness to not feel wrong to be who we are. That's a life well lived. That's beautiful. That's so, so good. Time to shine today. Podcast varsity squad. We are back. And Robert, I, I think I just might make a trip over to Italy here in the next year or two and, and hang out with Excellent. you a couple of days or whatnot. And we can talk about each one of these questions for probably 50, probably with you an hour, each one. But <laughs> today you have five seconds with no explanations. And they can all okay. be answered that way. You ready to level up, brother? Yep. Let's, Let's go. do this. Robert, what's the best leveling up advice you've ever received? The best what? Leveling up advice you've ever received. Take action. Beautiful. Share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. Three twenties. So I journal in the morning, I read in the morning, and I exercise in the morning. Twenty minutes each. Love it. You see me walking down the street. You know, Fergie looks like he's in his doldrums a little bit. Outside of the books you've authored, and quickly end this. What book might you hand me to level me up? Touching the void. Beautiful. I know that. Okay, a lot of people don't, but I do know that. But what's your most commonly used emoji when you text? Happy face. Beautiful. Nicknames growing up. Face. Sorry. Nickname? Nickname? Robbie. Got it. Chess checkers or Monopoly? Chess. Right. Go to ice cream flavor. Rocky Road. Beautiful. You're the second interview today. No lie, bro. Awesome. This said Rocky Road. There's a there's a sandwich named the the Desiree Rocky Boy. Robbie Boy. We'll build that sandwich <laughs> for me. 
wow, that would be, all right, I'm going to throw the Italian out at you, okay? okay. So that's going to be prosciutto, and that's going to be stracciatella yeah. on nice crusty bread. Dude, me and you are hanging out for sure, man. <laughs> Favorite charity and organization you like to give your time or money to? Buddy, there's a bunch of them um, all dealing with breast cancer. So Susan G. My mom passed from it. I I get it. Uh, Thank you for doing that. Last question, but what's the best decade of music? 60s, 70s, 80s, 80s. or 90s? Me too, dude. (laughs) Dude, (laughs) Big hair, don't care. Dude, you had the invention of every music. Dude, the the songs today have hooks from, like, I was just listening to this Pitbull song. They had the hook from AHA's Take On Me. Remember that Oh, yeah. Everybody has seen that. I'm like, what the? hell is going on here but you know you had the invasion of u2 men at work duran duran but then you also had beastie boys run dmc big hair don't care glam rock metal rock that dude that, that that's awesome so we gotta we gotta push towards the finish line here robert but how can we find you my friend all right uh the best place to go is my website robert party p-a-r-d-i.com it's funny because uh, next week I'm going to see John Party in concert. It's, oh. yeah, it's a, he, he, I'm not really into country music, but my lady is. And I've actually seen him before and he's a lot of fun. And South Florida with the weather cooling down now, it's it's a beautiful outdoor concert. So let's talk um, Let's talk about your book, uh, sure. The uh, Possibility in Action. And, and, and Squad, I'm going to give a free book giveaway on my dime um, to you, the first person that puts, uh, let's say, self-uality into the uh, any comment. I don't care if it's Pinterest, LinkedIn, wherever you see our, if you put in self-uality, um, I will have a book sent out to you, um, possibly in action. But can you get into a little bit? And again, we're a little bit against time, but sure, sure. Um, a little bit about, uh, about the book, please. Okay, really quick. So I... I come up with these crazy thoughts in my head all the time. So possibility in action is an explanation of how I came up with the philosophy and the pillars such as impermanence. Then there are 52 short stories, which I call musings about weird things like a toll booth. And the questions will be, are you on the right road? Should you be paying the toll that's in front of you? What are you paying the toll with? Should you get off the exit? That's an example of one using this 52 of them. Yeah, I love it. And so like they could read it in a year. I mean, they could probably journal. It's a journaling prompt book. Oh, and man. yeah, I can't wait to pick it up, man. So I'm, I'm going to actually get the paperback cover then. I usually I'm a Kindle guy, but I'm going to definitely get that. So, uh, Robert, what to me one last solid because I just have pages and pages of notes, man. I'm blown away by this. And we're going to do it again next year as well. Um, cool. But what? Leave us with one last knowledge nugget we can take with us, internalize, and take action. All right. It's, it's, it's one of my favorites. We only live an extraordinary life when we value the ordinary moments. Dude, that is strong. <laughs> that, that comes from the journey with my wife. I'll tell you right now. That's, that's awesome, man. And, and it's not awesome about Desiree, but it's awesome. You know, that you see this and you've taken that. And squad, we have had an emotional leveled up masterclass free one with my good friend, Robert here, who, you know, he's blessed like myself to have had an alcoholic father that taught him skills, not just skills on how to get out of chokeholds or how to get out of his fist, but <laughs> he also the resilience, the grit, and he's built a personal power, you know, anger fueled him, but he, rem- he, he found out that it's anger is not sustainable. 
You know, then he met Desiree. She was 17. He was 19. Okay. She taught love and trust and opening up. When you have somebody in your life, you're freaking unstoppable. You know, Desiree, unfortunately, became sick. He became, she, she's medically knowledged and she didn't want to fight with the doctors. So she trusted the protocol, but Robert was there as what he called himself the middle person um, to really kind of relay things back and just kept her, her, his, before he was even a life coach, he was her life coach to help her achieve her dreams of the MD, PhD and being selfless. You know, he realized that, you know, she lived in joy and cancer was not her identity, you know, and the accent color and the contrast of that is joy. And he had, he threw an acronym out there for loss, L-O-S-S, this lack of self and security. And that's, that that's a, a beautiful way of putting loss and being able to understand it a little bit better. You know, his grandma reminded him to daydream. You remember that while you're daydreaming, realize that it's inch by inch, it's a cinch. Not everything can get done at once. By the yard, it's hard. So inch by inch. And then what I call the most powerful anything on this earth is curiosity. You know, and that's what he is full of. You know, he doesn't he doesn't want you to try stuff. He wants you to attempt that. While his wife was sick, he attempted to make sure that she was getting her education and, and, and living her dream while she was breathing air in the surf. And she, he reminds us that resilience exists in purpose and perspective and, and personal power. And I just messed that up because I was typing so fast that I, but we, you can go back and really listen to that. Okay. The expectations, he reminds us, are the blocks that build the prison. And if they are not checked, they become the warden. You become locked in there. If you're maybe younger or if even if you're older, go slower. Don't try to figure everything out at once. And like my good friend Leah Woodford would say, get your asking here. If you get stuck, you know, he wants you to surrender and understand that your best can change. My dude is planting trees he's never going to sit in the shade of. And that's the kind of people I like to vibe with. You know, Robert will be remembered as someone that lived this philosophy and he lived in harmony with his own uniqueness or what he calls self-uality, you know, and we only live a life, an extraordinary life when we value the ordinary ones. And that one hit home, dude, that one like made freaking tears well up in my ass because it's, that's where I get stuck sometimes and I'm going for the big stuff. And I really should, again, listen to what I say to my clients where inch by inch, it's a cinch by the yard. It's hard embrace every single part of your life. And that's what my good friend Robert does. He levels up his health, levels up his wealth. He's hungry, yet he's humble, and he's earned his varsity letter here at Time to Shine today. Thank you so much, Robert, for coming on. Absolutely love your guts, brother. Scott, this was amazing, truly. Awesome. Have a great day, my friend. You too. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Time to Shine Today podcast, probably brought to you by Sutter & Nugent Real Estate, real estate excellence, who can be reached at 561-249-7266 and online at www.sutterandnugent.com. If you are a business owner or professional who would like to be interviewed on Time to Shine Today, please visit timetoshinetoday.com slash guest. If you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a link in the show notes to our website. Also there, you will see our recommended resources. We hope that you will support our show by supporting them. If you like what you've been listening to, it'd be great if you could just give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe while you're at it. I'm your host, Scott Ferguson, and until next time, let's level up. It's our time to shine.